You know, uh, Mark and Cynthia really don't need an introduction. We love them. They, they, when every time they come here, they minister to us. I walk away with something new every time. So thank you guys. But I am going to introduce them anyways. Um, so one of the things that is my favorite part about the way they minister is that they show grace to one another. They show patience to one another. And they do very well with their transitions. <laughs> they really do. Um, so I observe that because um, as believers, we're asked to listen first and then do what we hear. You know, and the way that you guys minister is you listen first and then you move. So I'm grateful for that. So thank you guys. But to travel this world and to take up your cross, because you guys leave your families behind and the people that you care about when you go, you know, you were in Australia for a couple of years. You were um, in Ireland. Ireland, like from slap out to Ireland. Like <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the shirts like, where in the world is slap out? <laughs> That's like, somewhere in Ireland, I guess. Um, but let's just give... Let's just give them a heartfelt, warm welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, there's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're just so blessed and so privileged to be back here again. And, and thank you so much for, for coming out and allowing us uh, to, to be here. And thank you again to your pastors. We just bless them right now. Let's just lift them up right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just lift up Pastor Eric and Shelley right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for them. We thank you, Lord, that they are blessed, that you're ministering to them right now, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're dropping things into their spirit right now. You're refreshing them right now in Jesus' name. We lift them up right now in Jesus' name. We bless them and we thank them. Oh, we thank you, Father, for just a refreshing, a river of refreshing right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're excited this morning. We're going to have, uh, you know, a, a, a power-filled morning this morning. It's already started. The worship team did amazing. Thank you for allowing us to flow and, and enter into his presence, um, you know, so we know uh, we're excited this morning just to step in. So, Amen. We're so grateful to be here this morning, and we just, I just want to say thanks to all my family for coming. You know, normally when my family comes to church, we double the congregation wherever we go. So I just want to say thanks to my family for coming today and support. And thanks to our Living Word Fellowship family for showing up when there's a guest speaker. Yeah. We appreciate you guys coming and making the effort. And so we do love being here. We do feel like family. We do uh, feel the love in the house. But there's joy in the house. There's love in the house. And it's for you today. Amen. And God has something specifically for you this morning. So just reach out this morning as we're speaking the word, as we're releasing what God's put on our heart for you today, just receive straight from him mm -hmm. because we prayed, Lord, just speak through us, flow through us today. And you know, the word that the Lord put on our hearts goes along exactly with the word of prophecies that were the prophecies that were coming forth this morning. And the word that God gave us today was enforce the victory, mm. that there is an enforcing of the victory that he wants his body to walk in. Amen. Amen. And so I'm just going to do a little introduction and then um, pass it over to Mark. We're going to transition over to Mark. 
And, um, but you know, as the body of Christ, as the family of God, we're here today not to try to win the victory. We're here to walk in the victory that Jesus already won for us. He already won the victory for us, but we have to walk in it. And it's just like the Holy Spirit wants to remind us today of the victory that Christ has already won for us and that we need to wake up and, and walk in that daily. Amen? So Christ won the victory for us. This is, not, um, this is not something that we haven't heard before, but it's just something that we need to be reminded of. And, you know, he not only won for us. Jesus not only took our sin. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. He not only took our shame. We're so grateful. We don't have to live under shame. He not only took our pain. He not only healed our bodies. You know, but he came that we might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows right now. And he wants us to live in that abundant life even now. John 10, 10, that's how he wants us to live. That's the victory he wants us to walk in every day. And, you know, because he loved us so much, he did uh, put his body on the cross and he took it all for us. He took our sin. He took our shame. He took our pain. Uh, he was made. He was made sin. He was made the curse, yeah. so we could be blessed. Galatians three thirteen. But when he did that, he said, "It is finished." Yeah. And there is a finished work of Christ that he wants his body and his family to rise up and walk in and walk in. You know, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. We know this. Colossians three fifteen says that he. He not only disarmed, uh, excuse me, he not only defeated death, hell, and the grave, but he disarmed our enemies. It says that he took the weapons off of our enemies. He made them weaponless. Christ disarmed the principalities and powers ranged against us, and he made a bold display and public example of them, triumphing over them in the cross. So when we think of our enemy, we... Don't think of our enemy as a fully loaded am, uh, with ammunition. And no, we need to remind ourselves, no, our enemy has been disarmed. But you know what? We have been fully equipped. We are fully equipped warriors. And in Ephesians 6, it tells us that this fight that we're fighting, it's not against flesh and blood. But it's against principalities and powers uh, and the darkness in the heavenly realms. So we know that we're not fighting people. But we're fighting in the spiritual realm. And Ephesians 6, it tells us that. And we know that this fight, it's a good fight. The Bible tells us that this is the good fight of faith. And we were ta- the, the worship team was saying this this morning. We don't give up. We don't give up. We're fighting the fight of faith. It's not against people. But the enemy's trying to get us to give up. The enemy's trying to get us to lose hope. The enemy's trying to get us to look at everything around us and instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus. But if we don't give up, if we don't lose hope, you know what? We win. Christ already won for us. We just need to get in agreement with that victory. And that's what he wants us to walk in. Amen? Hallelujah. And we need to remind ourselves, you know what? Satan is the eternally defeated one. I heard Tim Sheets say that once. He said the eternally defeated one. And we need to see him rightly. Yes, he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But you know what? We know the end of the story. Christ already disarmed him. And also, he's going to burn in hell forever. If the enemy tries to come at you and remind you and make you feel guilty, I don't know if you've ever had that guilt trap. The enemy, you mess up and then you're like, Lord, I'm sorry. And then the enemy just keeps trying to bring it back. And you're like, oh, oh, 
oh, no, you don't have to take that. You say, no, you're going to burn in hell forever, Satan. That's your future. But because of Jesus, I am going to rule and reign in Christ Jesus right now. That is where, that's my position. I am above only and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. So we just need to get that victory mindset. We need to remind ourselves of what Christ has already done for us, and we need to enforce the victory. Enforce. I was a school teacher, so let me just give you the definition of the word enforce. It still comes out when I speak sometimes. But to enforce means to compel observance or obey, to impose a kind of behavior, to give force to or to reinforce. And what this, let me just give you an example. It's like a police officer has authority to enforce the laws. And you know, as sons and daughters of God, we have the authority. We've been given the authority to enforce heaven here on this earth. Amen. See, we are the ones that, have, that rule and reign with Christ Jesus in this place, in this time, right now. And he's asking us to enforce his victory here on this earth, to walk in his victory. We're the sons and daughters of God. Amen. And we've been given legal authority through what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross. So this fight we're in, it's not against flesh and blood. It's a good fight. It's a good fight of faith. It's not one that's going to, you know, you just have to remind yourself of the victory that Christ won for you. And you know what? Wake up every morning in that victory. When you get out of bed, it's not you fighting the devil. It's not you trying to fight the day. No, you can wake up in the morning and you can say, thank you, Lord. You've already won this day for me. <laughs> You've already been to the end of this day and you made it good. I don't have to fear this day. I don't have to dread this day. You've already gone ahead and you worked it out for good. Ephesians 2.10 says he's got prepared good paths for us to walk in. And, and you can get up and walk those paths every day. It's a good fight. It's a fight of faith. And 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life, which God has called you and made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So when you receive Christ, you took hold of eternal life. But God wants us to take hold of every day. He wants us to wake up. And he wants us to take hold of the day. Don't let the day take hold of you. Have you ever had that happen? You wake up in the morning and it's like, this day's already got me. <laughs> this day's already trying to get me. No, no, no. We take hold of the day. We take authority over the day. And we say, thank you, Jesus. You've already been to the end of this day and you've already made it good. You've already made a path for me to walk in. And I'm going to walk in the prepared path that you've already got for me to walk in. So Christ, and you can remember, Jesus, you've already disarmed every principality and power against, ranged against me today. Jesus, you've already won the victory for me today. So I can get up. I can rise up in your victory and walk in victory this day. And then you know what? As we walk through our day, you're going to see people that you're going to need to bring along on that path of victory. See, it's not just for us to walk in victory and say, "Woo, we're the victorious ones. No, but there's going to be people on your path that God's going to show you and you're going to say, come on, you know what? Rise up. God's got the, vi Jesus already won the victory for you. Let's get up on that high road. Let's get in your seat of authority in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ. So he's not only given you the victory, but he wants to uh, bring that victory through you. He wants to enforce his victory through you here on this earth. Amen. So how do we enforce the victory? Well, Mark's going to talk about that. But number one, it's going to be speak the word. Number two, stay on the wall. And number three, slay the giants. And I'm going to turn you over to my Irish mighty man of God. Woo! Well, isn't my wife a wonderful preacher? Wow. 
I love her so much. She's full of the word. She's full of authority, full of power in Jesus' name. So uh, speak the word is the first one. How do we enforce our victory? Well, we're going to speak the word. And, you know, we all speak the word. But this is just a reminder for us to speak the word constantly. We don't need to wait for situations to arise to, to engage, you know, with the word and release the word into the, the problems that we have. We have been given, um, you know, the, the authority uh, uh, and we have been given the privilege to speak the word in advance, to, to speak out the word of God, to make our way straight. And by speaking the word with power and authority, we kind of like release things into our future. You know, we pray in the spirit and we release it. We release those words, those utterances to go forth and to, to clear out any, any, anything in the way, to make our path straight. So, so not only are we speaking the word, we're declaring it and decreeing it with power behind it. You see, the Holy Spirit in us is enforcing that victory, enforcing the word forth and lining up with God's word. We're releasing God's word. We're lining up with his promises for our life. And then we step into that, you know. So it's a, it's a win-win-win situation as we speak out the word. And so, and so we're not going to live lower than the place that Jesus won for us to live because he has set a standard for us to to step into and you know so many times we're living in a in a kind of a lower place than than we actually ought to be living in but the word rises up within us and it takes us to a place where we see ourselves differently than we have been if if you know has anybody uh, noticed that if they haven't been in the word or they haven't read the word or they haven't been confessing the word well maybe things aren't going as well as they should Anybody ever have that feeling? And I give you permission today to say amen. And to, and to nod back and to shout and to engage, okay? So, you know, when you say amen, I can see your smiling faces, you know, so that's good. So, so when you release the word, there's power behind it. And we, can, and we can stay in a place. The place where Jesus won for us is above only and not beneath. And the word allows us to step into that. It brings us to a place where we can, we can start with and then go further in. And so in Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And that's what we're, we're, we're talking about, the word going forth. We're speaking the blessing. You know, we have blessings and curses. We speak the blessing. We speak the blessings in our life. And guess what? You know, we're, we're seeing things happen. We're seeing things even right now in the nation. In the world, we're seeing things, things that are being shaken. Well, guess what? That's happening because... Believers are stepping into a place of speaking the word. You know, the, the, this nation, this nation, God has got a wonderful, a wonderful future for this nation. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Because there has to be. There's, 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 there's over 50 million, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if that's more or not. But there's over 50 million Bible-believing Christians who speak the word every day. That has to, that has to, you know, uh, um, transport and, 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 and move this country in the direction that God has for it, you know? So, so we are on the winning side. God is doing wonderful things in this nation, and we're seeing it. We're in the place right now where we're seeing things happen. We don't have to wait, like in, in olden days or in days before, and there were wonderful days of, of believers, but we're seeing a rapid succession of things happening quickly as we're coming towards the end times, and we're in the end times, but we're coming to the last days of the last days, and we're seeing things happen as we pray out and release with power and authority those things happen we're actually seeing it daily things that we're praying for great victories we're seeing great victories in jesus name 
Come on, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, um, you know, we're just following the way that Jesus spoke the word. And, and we see in Matthew 4, Jesus spoke the word. That's, what he, that's, what, that's how he lived. He was the word. He spoke the word. Anything that came against him, he spoke the word. And we're going to look at in, um, in Matthew 4. And I've just taken uh, a small section of this, but in Matthew 4.1, in the Passion Translation, it really brings a whole new way and a whole new light to this scripture. It says, Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. You see, the Holy Spirit here is leading Jesus into the wilderness in order to reveal his strength when it comes against testing. And that's what the Holy Spirit sees in you. He sees that what he's placed inside you to reveal your strength. As you speak the word, the word comes up and the enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated. And so we see then that in verse 2, it says, And after he had uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written. And that's who we are. That's, that's how we, you know, live our lives. It is written. We get scriptures. We speak the scriptures. We release the scriptures. We release the word. Jesus says, it is written. Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that's the way. That's, the, that's how Jesus is showing us how to live. We release the word. It is written. It's already done. I've gone before you and make every crooked path straight. If anybody comes to try and tell you that you can't do it, well, hold on a minute. The Word says I can do it. The Word says I'm an overcomer. The Word says, you know, uh, that, that he has a plan for me, a great plan, a plan, a future filled with hope. And you start speaking that word over your situation, and you will see God fulfilling your destiny. It's like you're carving out your destiny, laying the tracks, you know, the, for a train to come behind and, and take you in a direction uh, to, to your destiny. The word of God spoken will always bring results. The word of God spoken will always bring your victory. The word of God spoken is the end. <laughs> because once you speak the word, you will be fulfilled. And so some people might say, I don't know what to say. You know, I don't know what to do in certain situations. I don't know how to articulate. I don't know what to, what to present or well, in Luke 12, 12, it says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is here to teach you in that very hour what to say. And as we just open our mouth, he fills it. It's quite extraordinary sometimes as you, you're presented in situations and you quickly pray. And, and the, the Lord will give you the words. He'll give you the answers. Because he's given us the answers to every solution, every problem in our lives, in the Word, as we release it, as we release the Word. Because, you know, what He's placed inside you is the power to overcome. The power to overcome every situation. Amen? Amen. There we go. Okay, so, um, I'm just looking at the time here. Okay, so in, um, I'm just going to just uh, speak over some scriptures that we kind of speak over each other every day. And, and um, these are just scriptures that you can Take yourselves and just speak over yourself. And these are the blessings in your life. 
So the first one is there. The Lord makes, uh, makes me the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And we know all these, but these are just good to hear. I love hearing these scriptures again, and it, it encourages us. The, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, we've been in that this morning. We've been in the river of joy this morning. I am blessed coming in and going out. That's who you are. You're blessed coming in and going out. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, come on, devil. Try and tell me I can't because the word says I can and you can. All things. It's not just one thing on a Monday and then you can't do anything else for the rest of your life. No, no. The, the, the word of God uh, supplies and provides for you to do all things through Christ. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, I will not fear because my God is with me. I am delivered from the power of darkness. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Come on, the church needs to hear these things. Hear, be reminded daily, constantly. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be once a day. It can be constantly true of the day. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I prophesy that over you right now. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is a church that walks in the glory of God. This is a church that will fulfill its destiny. You will achieve the, the, the plan and the purpose. Like every desire that God has placed in your heart will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Um, may God richly supply all my needs according to his riches in, in, in glory in Christ Jesus. I live under the God's supernatural protection. Come on. How many people need that every day of our lives, you know? I've seen some of the drivers in Tulsa, and I, I, I'm praying over this. <clears throat> if God is for me, who can be against me? Yeah, come on. God is just, he's just with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? This puts everything in perspective. This, this reduces the, the enemy's, you know, uh, torment in people's minds down to nothing. This is like, you know, if God is for me, well, who can be against me? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. Just this kind of small selection of scriptures that we release over ourselves as we let the word go and work because as we release the word, it gives the angels something to work with. You know, they're, they're waiting for to, 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 to take the word and to, and to perform it for us. And as we release it then, we're activating something in the spiritual realm that we have that protection to step in. And, and it's important for us to speak it out. It's important for us for our ears to hear because it's who we are. It's, it's allowing our spirit, man, it's allowing our soul to, to recognize who we are in Christ as we speak out the scriptures. And then the, the word of God takes hold of us. It, it girds us up. It strengthens us from the inside. We become bulletproof on the inside, you know, and it strengthens us. So Jesus said in John 6, uh, 63, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Come on, the word is alive. The word is life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The second one, the second uh, point is stay on the wall. So we say, we, we speak the word and then we stay on the wall. And when I say we stay on the wall, we just got to recognize and understand that as believers in the spiritual realm, we are protectors. We're protectors uh, of our families. We're protectors um, of the community. We're protectors in our church. You know, that, that God has given us an assignment and that we, we basically hold authority over territories and regions, uh, you know, uh, families. And, 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 you know, as, as we rise up into that and understand, 
you know, that we are that, those people that were stewards of the kingdom. And, you know, that we're, we're on the wall. We're, we're, we're protection. We have a protection, a wall of protection around wherever we're privileged to live in. That God has trusted us to be in that place, to be a protection. And, you know, sometimes there are breaches or there are holes in the wall that we stand in. And, and we refer that sometimes to we stand in the gap. Anybody heard of that phrase, we stand in the gap? As Christians, we stand in the gap. Well, the gap is somewhere where there has been a breach, where heaven used to come to earth, and we are carriers of heaven to earth. That's who we are. But, but as the wall, as we stand side by side in life, we're, we're standing with our brothers and sisters in life, and we're, we're actually a, a wall in the spiritual realm. Well, sometimes there's a gap in that wall, and we step, and, and, and in that gap, it's where the, the demonic operates, and it's where the demonic can, can have an influence but then as, as we stand together, we close that gap and we make that, that, that wall stronger. So in the spiritual realm, we have a wall that we stand on. And, you know, it's, uh, it talks about like that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seated in heavenly places and, and in that, that wall is our protection. That's where we are. So just giving you that little uh, side note. And let's look then at, uh, and, and your, your wall is this church. Your wall is, is a protection here for this church. It's a protection over the pastors. This is why like, it's very important to be in prayer constantly for your pastors, that you're creating that wall around them, that you're creating that barrier, that protection, that you're lifting them up in the spirit, that they're allowed to go to, to places without, without having uh, any gaps appear, that they can, that they can um, you know, enter into fully. Uh, what the Lord has called them to do, and, and, to, and easily, and, and with that flow. And so, let's look at uh, Nehemiah 6, and this talks about the wall. I'm just giving you a, a quick recap of what uh, um, Nehemiah was walking through. And, and before we get to chapter 6, chapter 1, he basically hears about the wall in Jerusalem being breached. Um, he's very saddened by this. Uh, he, he prays to God. God gives him a, a burden in his heart to go and to build the walls in uh, Jerusalem. And so he approaches the king, and the king gives him permission and favor to go uh, with all provision. You know, he gives him the provision to go and to build the wall. Uh, on his way to building the wall, he is, uh, he's kind of shocked to see that the state of the wall is in. He does a quick survey, and then he gathers all the, the priests, the, 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 the nobles in the area, and he, he casts a vision for them and, and, and rallies the troops, and he says, come on, let's build this wall. We're going to build this wall up again. And people get behind him, and, you know, he's, uh, he basically comes up against opposition, you know. How many people here will, will acknowledge that when you step out and do something for God, that there will be kind of, kind of some sort of opposition that comes against you, uh, you know, and that's how the enemy works. But, but as children of God, as believers, as sons and daughters, of, as royalty, we stand on that wall and we come down for nobody because we're building the kingdom here on this earth. Um, and no matter what the enemy tries to come or bring or, uh, you know, that we stand and we stay uh, put. And so let's go to, to, to Nehemiah 6. Um, so the wall, um, so now when it was reported to Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies that I had, re I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach was left in it, 
although at that time I had not installed the doors and the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent a message to me saying, Come, let's meet together at Sephirim in the plain of Ono. And of course, right there, there's a, a red flag goes up, you know. I'm, I'm not going anywhere where it's called, oh, no. Oh, no. No way. But, but this, is like, this is like what um, the enemy will do and try to pull you away from your assignment. Because here we have ne- Nehemiah. He has, you know, he has an urgency to build this wall. He understands the importance. God has given him a clear vision, a clear direction. He's going in that direction. And he is doing miracles. I mean, this, this wall is going up, and he's has to, he has to combat, like, um, you know, opposition, attacks, you know, but still the wall is being built. And right at the point of the wall just being finished, the enemy comes to try and take him off his assignment. And, and uh, you know, Nehemiah recognizes that and says, well, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to that place called, oh, no. And, and, and we, as believers, cannot come off the wall for nobody. We cannot come down from the wall. And, and again, I'm talking about, like, the wall in the spiritual realm, that we keep in that place of prayer, that we press in and we redouble our efforts. We're seeing great things happening in this nation, but it's not a time just to relax now and to say, okay, that's great, we've, we've had a great victory. No, we redouble our efforts and we stay in and we press in. We press in for the, for the victory because there's many, many, many more great victories coming our way. And as we press in together as the body, we're going to see that, those victories coming. Um, so we don't come off the wall for anybody. You know, in Acts 5.29, Peter says, and this is like kind of what, you know, what, what Nehemiah was, was uh, implementing. He was, there was no compromise. He's not compromising for anybody. And Peter, you know, said, it's better for us, you know, to, to believe uh, in God or, or to stay with God or to obey God than to obey man. And that's basically what, you know, what we have to do is, you know, we're going to obey God rather than man. No matter what, you know, is coming, uh, you know, no matter what looks, looks good, if God tells us, if God tells your pastor to, to go in this direction, to go whatever it is, if he, calls a, if he calls a fast, if he calls you to build a wall, you know, we get behind him. He has the vision. He has what it, what it is, what God is speaking to him to do. And so um, in, in uh, verse 2, then it says, but they were plotting to harm me. So Nehemiah knew, like, I mean, he had, he had discernment to know that what was going on. He knew that, that they had to get him away from the thing that he was building because he was making such progression, and the enemy didn't like that. Um, so he knew that they were, they were uh, going to kill him, you know. And as we know, the enemy is very crafty, you know. The devil comes to rob, steal, and destroy. That's, his, that's, that's what he does. And so... We need to know the discernment. We have to have discernment in our daily walk to know what is the enemy trying to take me away from? What is he trying to pull me? And it may not be, it may be a very subtle thing over time, but we need that discernment. We need to know who we're speaking to. We need to know when our leaders are speaking that we can see right through them. We need to know the truth from lies. We need to understand that quickly. And it's a quick thing today. We, we, we don't have time to, to wait around for a week or two to, 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 to judge things and say, is that... Is that the right decision? Is that not the right decision? No, God will give us discernment quickly. And we will see instantly the right decision to make, the wrong decision to make. And so, um, so verse 3, it says, So I sent my messengers uh, to them saying, I'm doing a great work. 
and I'm unable to come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And so basically, in a nutshell, Nehemiah was saying, the answer is no. <laughs> no, I'm not coming down. And you see, he had a great urgency to finish what he had started. And so verse 4 says, Then they sent messengers to me four times, worded in this way, and I answered them with the same wording. Wow. Isn't the enemy persistent? You know, four times. You know, come on. I've answered you once. I've answered the exact same thing twice. You've come to me again with the same way. I've answered you again three times. And now, this morning, I have to answer you again and say no. Now, that's the end of it, right? <laughs> you know, but the enemy is persistent. He will come again and again and again. You know, and we've got to, we've got to be resilient. We've got to be resilient and speak the word and stay on the wall. And so, and then in verse 5, it says, Then Sen, uh, Sanballat sent his servant to me in the same way a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Wow, isn't that, isn't that kind of crafty? You know, back in the day, back in those days, they used to seal a letter, and it would go from the person taking it to the person receiving it. It was a sealed letter, usually with a royal seal. And therefore, nobody could open it up and interpret what it says. You know, but here, we have an open letter. And the intent was really to sow discord or to sow uh, disharmony or to, to basically uh, to, to, to allow somebody to read something that wasn't even the truth, but to sow those seeds into, uh, into the opposition. And basically what happens is when people hear, even when it's the truth, somebody then has to defend themselves against lies. You know, we see that happen all the time. Things are being released on social media. Things are being released into the media about certain individuals. All totally lies. Smokescreen to try and take somebody basically out, you know, and to, and to smear them. To, uh, like a smear campaign to, to, to you know, but we see here uh, with Nehemiah, you see his character, you know, Nehemiah's character was, was, it was so good that the seeds could not, the seeds of, of lies could not uh, take root because Nehemiah was a man of impeccable character. He was a man of integrity and that didn't work in this case. And so, but it didn't stop the enemy from trying. So, so, you know, we've got to expect certain things to come against us, but we stand on the wall and we continue to speak the word and we will see the enemy flee from us and we don't have to be worried because God has p provided for us the words to say, um, you know, and, and, um, and we can have comfort in knowing that. So verse 7, it says, you, uh, you have also appointed prophets uh, to proclaim in Jerusalem con concerning you are a king in Judah. And basically, again, they're trying to stir up the lies, stir up what, uh, what Nehemiah, uh, um, their view of what he was intending to do. You know, but, but Nehemiah had already addressed Sambalat. If you read, and I, I'd encourage you to read this, uh, these scriptures. It'll bring refreshing to you um, later on today or, or during the week. Nehemiah 6, Nehemiah 4, Nehemiah 2. It'll explain all what I'm saying here. But in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 2, you know, he explains to, the, uh, to Sam Ballad, he says, you know, I've come because the king has granted me permission to come. And, you know, God, uh, God, let me read it out here in verse, in verse 20, in, in chapter 2, verse 20. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. 
We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Isn't that amazing? Come on, that's the way we have to get with the enemy. That's the way we have to get with the devil. He says, like, um, we're, we're rebuilding. But as for you, devil, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. As for you, devil, you've no claim over me, over my family. As for you, devil, you're not going to get into my business. You're not going to get into my children. As for you, devil, you take your hands off in Jesus' name because you've given us authority. You've given us the words to speak. You've given us and shown us the way that we can, we can uh, release the word over you, and you have no claim or historic right in who I am because Jesus, by Jesus' blood, he has defeated you, and you're a defeated foe. We have the victory in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. There we go. And so, um, in verse 9, it said, uh, for all of them were trying to frighten us. And basically, that's, the, that's what the enemy was trying to do, bring oppression and, and try to frighten what uh, Nehemiah was doing. Um, but it says that he was, uh, God is building his church. God is building his church and this nation. That's right. God is building this church and his nation. So we've got to stay on the wall and not be intimidated, not come off the wall. Allow God to show us, give us the strategy, give us the words, you know, and, and as we release the word, God, uh, the enemy is defeated. So speak the word, stay in the wall, and the final one is slay the giants. Come on, I like that one. Slay the giants. Anybody have any giants in their lives that they want to slay? Come on, we all know the giants that we have. There's giants that set up against us. Some, some of those giants can be, can be anger or, you know... Um, sickness or whatever it is, we know what they are. But giants we can take down, and giants uh, that that are set up against us are usually big giants. They're not small. Well, the whole word giant means big, you know. But but we can take them down, and the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I like that uh, in rugby terms, you know. Um, some of those guys are are big, six foot, six foot eleven. Some some of the guys are, you know, and the, they weigh, you know, three hundred and 50, 70 pounds, you know, and there's one little guy who used to play for Ireland, and he was only like five foot nine, and probably about 170 pounds, but he was fast, and the way he would tackle was he would just like, so these guys would run at the ball, and he'd let them run by him by, by a foot or two, and then he'd just reach out and tap their ankles, and they'd fall, you know, and that was his, that was his play. That's, how, that's, how, that's what he did. Like, you know, he was fast and he could get around there and he did that. And, and he used to say, like, well, you know, the bigger they are, they, they, they all have the same size. They're all the same size. These giants are all the same size at the ankles. <laughs> and he could, he could tap them and take them down. And that's the way we've got to see the giants in our lives, you know. They can all be taken down. Taken down with the word. And so it says in, in 1 Samuel 17, 44, and again, I'm just giving you the quick highlights here, but, but read uh, 1 Samuel 17, and it'll give you the whole scope. But here it says, um, 1 Samuel 17, And the Philistine said to David, or, or Goliath said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You see, giants are not intimidated until you act. We've got to do something, you know? We've got to stand up and do something. And so um, 
you know, don't expect that, that, you know, that what God has given us, the armor that God has given us, the enemy is not going to be intimidated with. We've got to step out. We've got to be bold. We've got to, we've got to stand up and step into uh, the fight that is coming towards us. And I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. So, so these are the weapons that we can use, uh, the weapons of our warfare that we can use by praying it out and seeing those, those giants fall down in our lives. Um, and so in verse 45, it says, David replied to the Philistine, You come here to me with, with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Wow. You see, there's power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. And as we release that name, that power, you know, we see those giants fall in our lives. You know, um, Goliath bit off a little bit more than he could chew when he took on David because he related just David as a boy and saw this tiny little, you know, figure in front of him. But what he didn't recognize was that David had the whole of heaven behind him, that he took on the God of heaven's armies. He took on the God of Israel's armies, that he took on the God of the universe that was backing David up. And that's what God does in our situations. And anybody, anybody here who's a young, you know, young teenager, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God is backing you up. God is backing you up against any of enemies coming against you or any thoughts in your mind that are coming against you or any fear that's coming against you. The whole of heaven is backing you up. And as you speak to that thing, as you declare with the word of God, those things will come crashing down in your lives and, and God will, will, uh, will walk with you and, and bring you to a place that he has prepared for you to walk in. And so, um, so let's go to verse 48. And it says, And Goliath arose to attack, but David quickly ran out to meet him. Well, first of all, let me go back to verse 46 because this is basically David prophesying what he was going to do to Goliath. It's kind of amazing to see, you know, what... what but this young boy, that God had given him the wisdom, revelation, discernment, you know, uh, the boldness to speak this out. And this is not rehearsed. This is not, this is not we can, him going to, you know, 1 Samuel 17. No, no, no. This is him for the very first time on the earth releasing these words that God already had placed in him from the foundations of the earth. It's, it's quite extraordinary. But here he stands up against Goliath, and he says, This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of bold, isn't it, you know? That's kind of bold to say. Um, this day I will give the uh, corpses of the Philistine army to the birds of the sky and wild animals of the land. Then all the land will realize that Israel has a God. Wow. To prophesy that out and then to walk in it and to see it happen, these are the days we're walking in right now. We're, seeing, we're going to see the exact same thing happen. We're going to prophesy it out, and we're going to see the same things happen in, uh, daily. We're not going to have to wait years. It's daily. Thank you, Jesus. And then it says, and, and Goliath arose to attack, but David quickly ran out to meet him. You see, David runs to the fight. I love, his, I love who David was. He runs to the fight. He doesn't run, a, doesn't run away from the fight. He sees the giant, and he runs to him. Because in his mind, he's thinking, this giant, he's too big to miss. Like, God has, God has presented me with something so easy. That's, that's David thinking. God has presented me with this huge, 
huge, you know, I've read, I've read different variations of, of, of uh, how, how tall Goliath was. And, you know, in Dakes it says that he was 13 foot four, possibly up to 600 pounds. So that gives an indication of, of who Goliath was. And here's David, you know, running towards him. And so, um, <clears throat> you see, David was, uh, he knew who God was in his life. And, and you enforce the victory when you run to the fight. It puts everything back on God. It gives him the glory because you're trusting in him. You're trusting in who he is. He can bring this miracle to pass. And so it says here that, um, you know, we will know then that our attitudes will be very telling when, when it comes to a fight. We'll know. You know, we'll, we'll definitely know. We'll be in a situation. And what will we do? Will we run to the fight? Will we believe the promises of God? Will we believe that God can do it? Or will we back down? And, of course, we see what David did. He, he, you know, he runs uh, to, to Goliath. You see, the giants are going to test what we have inside. They're going to test us out. And we've got to expect and know that. But God has placed everything inside us to overcome every giant in your life. He has placed that inside you. And as we step into that, you know, God is going to tear down, take down, slay those giants out of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So verse 49, it says, reaching into the shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. You see, when he released that stone, he released his faith with it, with it and it took Goliath down. Um, and so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over. This is the second time David ran to the giant. First of all, he ran to meet him, and now he runs over to pull out his sword. Wow. Isn't that kind of, <laughs> that's kind of powerful, you know? He didn't have a sword. He runs over to pull out the sword to cut off his head. Because now, you see, now you had like the, the Philistine army were observing something, and, you know, they, they, see, the, they see Goliath, their, their champion, fall on the ground, well, from a far distance, you could probably observe and say, well, he just stumbled, you know, he's definitely going to get back up again because there's no way that this little kid has taken or killed Goliath. So surely he has stumbled and he's going to get back up again. And, you know, we see then, you know, that David ran over and he cut off his head. And that comes, sometimes can be the way that we uh, treat our enemies where, you know, we, we, we kind of fight sickness maybe sometimes like that where we can just... You know, uh, fight it until it runs runs over the hill and uh, it, it's out of reach, and and where we we can live with the consequences. You know, but David here it says that he made sure he wasn't going to live with that. He wasn't going to live with with any question or any doubt. He was going over there. He was going to take that sword out of off Goliath, and he was going to cut the head off. And that left absolutely no doubt that this. When he held up that, that head, there was absolutely no doubt that he slayed the, slayed the enemy. And, you know, no, no, not only did he slay the enemy, but, but, you know, we see that the Philistines ran. They were scattered. Now it was gone. And, and that's the way we've got to treat the enemies of our lives and, and even sickness in our lives. We don't just put up with it. No, no, no. We don't just battle it a little bit and then, 
you know, we allow it to come back and then we're like, oh, well, you know, I'll live with that. No, no, no. We slay. We take off the head of sickness in our lives. We take off the head of, of, of anything that's coming against us. And we can hold that head up. And we know then that it is dead, gone, finished. And what happened was with, with, with David, that he held up the, you know, when he held up the head, it was, it was over. The Philistines ran away. And then the Israelite army chased them, but also partook of the spoils. And so in him doing that, he allowed everybody with him to prosper, to prosper from the, the slaying of the giant. And they reaped the rewards, and they, they stepped in and they got the rewards that David had, you know, uh, stepped up and challenged the, 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 Goliath, uh, the giant. And so this morning, um, just as we finish, uh, maybe could I ask just yeah, just some keyboards, yeah, just some music as we finish. And, you know, we all know we have Goliaths in our lives, and we all know that we, we face them. And, and, you know, but this is an opportunity this morning that we just remind ourselves that, that you know, we have, we enforce the victory just like David. David enforced the victory to make sure that there was no comeback. He made sure that there was nothing ever going to come back in this situation again. And we have those opportunities in our lives that we speak the word, we stay in the wall, and we slay the giants, that we enforce the victory that Jesus has won for us. You know, and the first step in doing that is actually making Jesus the Lord of your life. And so if anybody here has never made that decision, they've never invited Jesus into their heart, we're just going to quickly pray this morning. Maybe it's somebody online as well. So if you're online watching, um, you can say uh, a prayer after us. Um, but if there's anybody here who would like to say that prayer, you can just close your eyes right now and bow your heads. And, and if you want to say that prayer, you can just slip up your hand and we're going to just pray. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that, for that hand. I see that hand and, and we just... We just acknowledge you right now, and Jesus acknowledges you right now, and he is so pleased, and he is so happy for you, for, the, for, for this, just stepping into the plan and the purpose that he has for your life. So let's all just, maybe just say this prayer together. Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And so wonderful. Come on, let's, let's give a round of applause. Let's, let's, let's celebrate today. You know, we sing that song in here, hell has lost another one, you know? And that's how we celebrate this morning. Come on, there's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We just give you praise, Lord. We give you praise and glory and honor. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You know, and this morning, if let's everybody just stand to their feet. And, and we're going to end the service here, but, but myself and Cynthia are going to be up here at the end. If you need uh, prayer or ministry, we're going to be here uh, for the end. Um, but just know this morning that the victory has been enforced. You have enforced the victory by being here. That Jesus is your enforcer. The great enforcer lives inside you. 
And as we stay on the wall, as we speak the word, and as we slay our giants, we're going to see him moving us into positions that we take up and that we are released into taking the kingdom by force. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.